Mmm, that's good. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Morning Marketing. Just like your, you know, fresh cup of morning coffee, this is a fresh cup of marketing news just for you. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. So let's get on with what's going on in the marketing news. All right, so uh, Facebook has finally decided to, you know, let someone actually audit their metrics. Uh, the reason being is because last year they had, well, they didn't have a great year for it, for their metrics. All the met- metrics were off, uh, and people were upset about it, rightly so, because, well, I mean, if I'm going to be buying ads and they aren't really doing a good job and the metrics are off, why would I want to buy more of these? So that was just a, no- that was just a problem with it in general. Uh, so I, I'm more more than willing to see that actually happen and it's opening it up to third parties or the MRC or the Media Rating Council to actually look at it and really see what's going on with it as well. They're also adding some new tools for it as well so you can see uh, how the ad's doing up to the millisecond to who's viewing it, who's not viewing it, who's really not liking it and all those other fun things. So. Be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, also, they also have uh, a way for you to uh, only pay for ads that people actually watch fully, but this is only for 10 seconds or less ads. So if you have one that's a little bit more, it's not really going to fly with that one as well. Uh, there's also going to be one that actually can have a, the 10 second view option too. You can also pay for ads that. Uh, that you only get paid for people listen to it with the sound on as well so there's a whole bunch of different things which is better because i never really knew when facebook was how facebook was doing all this stuff if it was actually right and if actually people were really looking at ads that i've done so i think this is a good thing for it i think this is a long time coming as well because we never really known what facebook is doing and it's finally time for someone to, you know, pry it open and be like, yes, this is right. No, you need to fix this type of thing. I'm more than willing to have third-party sites actually look at this, or companies who say, look at this, see if it's actually true, see if it's actually not, see if it's actually good metrics, or if it's not good metrics, and then Facebook fix it that way. Uh, because, I mean, if Facebook couldn't do the simplest thing of not... Um, having two the same visitor have two unique uh, visitor uh, tokens and then say that you have more visitors than not, that was kind of annoying and that probably wasn't the best thing to do, Facebook. But there you have it. Facebook is slowly going to be re- rebuilding the trust for advertisers and maybe advertisers will slowly want to be back on Facebook. You never really know. I mean, it is Facebook and all. Speaking of that, in the uh, Activity. It looks like uh, engagement is down. It's down from last year. Last year was about 15.14% in 2015, and now it's down to 11.41% uh, uh, in 2016. That is getting close to about an 8% decrease in likes per post uh, and a 37.4% per, uh, 
decrease in comments per post as well, and a 27.8% decrease in posts shared. So everything is going down, which begs to, I mean, if you want to really ask that question, why should we be posting on Facebook or why should we be focused on Facebook so much anymore? There are plenty of different uh, platforms to choose from now. It's not just Facebook is Facebook is Facebook. You can now do other ones. Well, maybe not Twitter. Maybe it just depends on that as well. So that's another thing. Um, now, as we all know, brands are failing because of organic reach. And a lot of sites are saying, oh, it's because this eventually happened. No, that's actually Facebook's fault. Let's be honest here. They're the ones that dictate the rules. They're the ones that say which ones uh which posts are going to be viewed more or, you know, people are going to see as well. So it's really their fault. It's not anybody, it's not user's fault. It's not marketer's fault. It's Facebook's fault because they control everything that's on their platform. I'm sick and tired of marketers and everybody else saying, oh, this was bound to happen. No, not really. I mean, there's going to be more noise to it. Yes. And I will give them that. But beyond the, oh, it's this is inevitably going to happen that you get less than 2% organic reach. That was because of Facebook. It wasn't because of anything else. People need to stop. Stop using that bad logic. It's just bad. Oh, just bound to happen. Yes, it was bound to happen. There would be more noise involved with it. But if you don't want to follow so many brands, don't follow so many brands. I mean, it's up to the user as well. That's my thing about it. Um, there was some shining light in it in that about the end of 2016. We saw an uptick in engagement, but still, it's not where it used to be. And even though people are like, "Oh, there's still hope for it," I still think it's going to be still it's going to be a downward trend from here on out. It's not going to go up unless you're talking to uh, developing countries, the third world countries, because that's where it's really going to be uh, the most popular I can foresee. Everybody else here, uh, younger ones aren't really, or the younger generations aren't really on it anymore. My generation is what popularized it, and my generation is what's going <laughs> to make it utterly fail because, well, I think some of us are sick of it as well. So, there is that kind of mentality of just sick of Facebook. I mean, even from just a marketer standpoint, they bug me almost every single day to actually look at something and I ignore it because I'm like, dude, Facebook, let me, let me see it when I want to see it. And it's annoying when I get it every single day when I don't really want to see it because I don't care as much. Uh, so it's one of those things that we as marketers have to understand and have to be aware of at least because if we're not, we could miss the boat and we could be on a sinking ship or at least we could be doing other things as well as building the own strategy on Facebook. So there's just a few things. Also on Facebook, even though brand posts don't do that well, user-generated content does. So instead of actually piling all your resources and all your creativity into ads, you might want to split it off and to make sure that you can get um, your users to actually share it or actually to you know have you sponsor uh, content with it as well. That's what's going to give you the best outlook for it because uh, because usually most people will uh, will actually uh, trust. I, could, I don't know why I can get that word out. Trust uh, the favorite content creator. 
that's what's that's the name of the game. That's what it's all about. If they saw on your brand on your brand page, they may not actually see it, but if they saw it as something they trust in an influencer, they actually might like it, share it, and whatnot. So you always have that type of a balancing of yes, you should be doing ads, but you probably should be looking at influencer marketing a little bit more heavily or more heavily and finding ways to get your users to share your content. So there is all that stuff that's going on with it as well. Um, I don't really see ads going to be as um, as useful as they used to be. I think people are getting ad fatigued on Facebook, and even Facebook knows that. So we could be seeing less of a reaction towards these as well. I could be wrong, but nine times out of ten, I don't. I see ads and I just kind of completely ignore them. Like my mind just like wipes it. It's like, oh, that was an ad. I didn't even know. Uh, so yeah, that is something to look out for for marketers is that we really need to know about this stuff. All right, so it looks like uh, Goose Image Search lead Randy Keller has moved on. He's not at Google anymore. He's at Pinterest. Pinterest is the very popular uh, bookmarking site image site, uh, image-based social network site, whatever you want to call it, it's still pretty popular, but it's moved over there because of the exciting opportunities that it has for it as well. So best luck for him as well. Best luck for Pinterest, because I really hope that they do better and better and get a bigger user base, because I feel like they're one of the few still good social networks out there that doesn't, well, that does really cater to a group of people and it's very visual as well. So kudos and best luck to him. All right, if you are a Hootsuite lover slash user, well, Hootsuite has bought AdExpresso uh, to its portfolio. So it'll actually have a better system for using ads through its system. So it used to actually have uh, six uh, partner companies. I don't know if it still if it will still do that. Uh, it may actually might just scrap it and just use what it just bought. But for you to know that the lighter ad management is not going to be so light anymore. It's actually going to have a pretty robust system because a lot of companies, marketers have used AdExpresso as well. So you should be um, at least understanding of that. And if you aren't part of uh, Hootsuite, well, you don't really need to care, do you? Because you can use Buffer, Sprout Social, Sprinkler, whichever one you want to work with. All right, so Pinterest last week announced uh, Pinterest Lens, and it was a really interesting thing because it was basically a predictive-like way of taking a picture, and then it gives you uh, alternatives to or words that basically simulate what it actually is. Google for Google Photos has a similar way of doing this, uh, but this actually looks like a really interesting way of helping boost uh, Pinterest engagement as well. So people take a picture, it goes into uh, Pinterest and it kind of gives you several words and also gives you pictures at the bottom right as well. I see a huge potential with this. I'll see a huge potential if companies are on top of this and they put as many pins of their own products as well for them to be shown up in those types of um, suggestions too. So if you aren't on Pinterest or if you've well have not tried to be on Pinterest might be the best time to actually do it now before it becomes, well, 
more robust like Facebook where it's hard to actually break into that. That's the problem with Facebook. It's so old now in social network terms that it's hard to break in because there's so many people on there and there's so much noise. The more people, the more noise, the more your message is lost in translation and then you just have a problem because you have to figure out the best uh, way to convey your message. It's, all, it's always that. It's, it's the name of the game. It's always the name of the game on that one. But like I said before, uh, this has a huge potential for Pinterest and for marketers as well. So make sure that you're on Pinterest if it's applic if it's I can't even say the word if it fits your business. Uh, tongue twisters, applicable. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited to see what it's going to be all about. I'm excited to see how well it's going to work and function. And I'm excited to see the more innovations coming out of Pinterest, too. Because Facebook has run out of ideas, to be honest with you. All right, moving on to uh, an interesting article that I found about uh, Google AdWords and Google's own ads making impacts on bids and pricings on auctions on AdWords. So Google has said that their ads technically don't uh, reflect uh, different pricings on it. However, since they score a 91% success rate on the ads that they do, they do affect it in ways that is eye-opening because a 91% uh, success rate is pretty high and that means they will always be in the number one spot, which basically means they don't have to be the highest bid as well, which basically uh, also makes other advertisers have to bid higher to get into the second spot, so that's second tier. So there is something that's eye-raising on that one as well because our Google's ads uh, ranked at a higher standard than others, or they ranked at the same standard. How often are they told on how their ads rank because they are, well, they run the system so they could probably easily find out as well. Now, now they could have be completely separate from each other, not say anything, but we're human and the things happen. But yeah, my problem is, is that if Google always gets, or a lot of the times gets the top ranking position, it just will make other advertisers boost uh, boost their bid even more to get to the second uh, tier. So they're actually in there as well. So I'm not really, I think what Facebook, I mean, like Facebook, what Google should do is that it should actually have a section for just Google ads where they don't, aren't a part of the bids at all and then at certain times of the day they will bid on their own stuff or they they will have their own section as well. That's fine because they're out of the bidding process which means that other uh, advertisers can bid on it and it won't seem like um, cherry picking it seems like or that Google always is good at their ads as well. But you never really know with it. I think it is suspicious, especially since Google has a high success rate, 91% is pretty high. I mean, you only have a 7% fail rate, so you're more than likely to, you know, always win. And since it does have a, a quality score, an ad rank score, and all of these kind of go into effect, and if they do the number one on those, the only uh, other avenue that advertisers have is for uh, the cost per click bid and that means that you would have to raise that bid to actually get to number two or number three or what or whatnot and so 
it's more of a bidding war than it, be, than it becomes after that. So I really do hope that they would just do that instead and have Google just out of it, just have their own section of certain times of the day where they will actually um, show Google ads. But it probably won't happen. Probably will never work. There it is. Also, it looks like on February 7th or last week, uh, Google did some algorithmic changes. And no one really knows what they did because Google isn't saying much of anything. And that's really frustrating because uh, a lot of sites, and probably most sites, live and die on what Google says about the internet, especially on their own uh, search as well. And if they aren't telling us what's going on or what algorithms have changed, it can be really frustrating to figure out why your traffic has gone down instead of up. And so that's another big thing about it too. I mean, I kind of wish they would say something about it. I kind of wish they would be upfront and transparent about it, but they're not. And that's a big problem. Uh, I hope, hopefully if I can find something eventually that they will actually come out and say, well, it was actually this. And so they can, um, address it. But if a lot of other sites have been seeing this and noticing this as well, there is something going on and maybe Google doesn't really want to tell us, which is another bad thing because SEO is huge. And I know that SEO is always changing. It's more being predictive and more of uh, phrasing instead of keywords. But still, it's pretty important that we should know something about this as well. Also on the Google front, uh, they won their court battle against uh, eVentures Worldwide LLC. So here's the thing is that the Florida court has said that the First Amendment allows Google to delist sites as spam. But my thing about the First Amendment, and this is, and it seems that a ruling could be a slippery slope, is by saying that, well, then can't spam be a part of First Amendment as well? Because if they aren't causing any harm, unless they are, then then that's a different case. But if they aren't really causing any harm, they're just being spammy, then you could actually make a very terrible argument, but an argument nonetheless that. They, you are infringing on their First Amendment right as well. Even though the floor court said it was fair or unfair, but, I mean, we're actually giving a lot of power to Google, which I'm always getting more and more wary about because if Google has this much power to delist you, it can really kill your business. And that's never a good thing, especially if they start getting political about things. And then it's another thing that marketers have to worry about as well. Um, but, I mean, this is just another wake-up call to make sure your site isn't spammy and you're not spamming people because Google will delist you and that would be good for your uh, metrics in the slightest. So uh, be aware of that. Be on top of that as well. Also, uh, get, uh, Google has updated their data studio um, and to kind of do a different thing. So instead of actually having one full account, you can do sub-accounts as well. Um, you can also have, it's a little bit restricted, you have about five dashboard limit at a time. Um, so that's that one as well. Oh, sorry, you can have 75 sub-accounts, including uh, within their own dashboards, rather than having to connect the whole account. Also, currency fields are removed if they differ across sub-accounts, removing some of the, di uh, the difficulties seen when Google aggregates multiple currencies into one report. That's right. So I love Google, uh, Data Studio. I think it's a really great way of showcasing uh, 
just what's going on with your site and also showcasing it to your boss and or client on what's going on and just giving them one nice little um, page basically of how their site's doing or how their AdWords are doing or how their YouTube videos are doing as well. So I really, really like it. I really, really enjoy it. And it's one I recommend. And you don't have to use the 360 suite to actually use it. Now it's a little bit more restrictive when it's on the 360 suite, but you still can use it for free. So you might as well use it. Why not? It's there. Yeah, it's pretty good. I recommend it. All right, moving on to LinkedIn. So it looks like LinkedIn is going to be adding some more tools, uh, mainly to its blogging platform side of it. So now you're going to be able to disable or enable comments, which is going to be great because, well, that's actually more of a facetious statement because I don't actually think that's great. And I can see that people can make very controversial statements and then post it in there and then say disable comments so people won't be able to refute their own statements. So there's that as well. I mean... I'm not really in favor of that. What I am in favor of is the impromptu comments. So the whole, like, check out this for $200 or, hey, I got, I'm working from home. I get $10,000. Find out more here. I'm all fine with that one. That one's actually a really good thing. And I'm way, way more encouraged by that one. What I'm not encouraged by is the disabled and enabled parts of the comments. Um, I say if you're going to say something controversial, you should be able to hear uh, the opposing arguments for what people have to say. However, in the day of age of people going, ah, I don't want to hear anything that's bad. This is what it is all about. So, unfortunately, that's that's what you're going to have to deal with, folks. That's the name of the game. But moving on to kind of more of my opinion about what's going on with marketing. So, what I'm seeing more and more, and this is kind of based off of what I talked about in the Super Bowl, is something called political marketing, where you're actually going to be marketing to people's ideologies now and to their beliefs. And we I've been seeing it more and more and more. Just recently, last week, uh, TechCrunch decided to write an article about Shopify, and Shopify was trying to make a, take a neutral stance, which I commend them for actually doing, saying, hey, look, Breitbart is allowed to actually use it because they're paying for it. I get it. You don't like Breitbart, but who cares? I don't care that you don't like Breitbart, so I'm more than willing to be like kudos to um, Shopify for doing that. But people, a lot of people got upset for it because they're saying, "Oh no, you should take them out because this is the righteous and morally way of doing things," and that's not the best way of marketing things. It's just like with Netflix and the Dear White People, and it's gotten a lot of backlash, and I can see uh, their sales or the revenue, I should say, going down because of this as well. Uh, and it could actually even be a bigger impact of their projections being off for next quarter, or this coming up quarter, I should say. Uh, so there is that as well. But my thing is about political marketing is that more and more I'm seeing with the Super Bowl ads, but the uh, gender wage gap and uh, the other, the uh, the lumber, the 84 lumber as well, is that a lot of companies are getting political and not in the right ways and not really figuring out that they probably shouldn't be getting political because... They may be alienating a whole their uh, customer base as well, or a portion of it, too. So you have that, and my concern for that is that we are getting more and more sectioned off, which I don't think we should be getting sectioned off. I get it. You don't like people's ideas sometimes, so the opposing ideas are 
quote-unquote deplorable, but you should be listening to it. And marketing and business should not be prioritizing it in any sense at all. Uh, it just seems like a bad idea. It seems not very good, and it seems like we are going to be uh, running into this problem where businesses can't grow because they're part of one ideology and people will not go and purchase from them. We've, we'll, we've been seeing massive boycotts from the Trump line. Uh, Netflix is getting massive boycotts as well. So if we don't stop this and we don't get back to just marketing to people that might like our product, no matter what political ideology they are, businesses are going to suffer and it's going to be a, oh, this company is a left-leaning this company is right-leaning even though you have tons of different people and that could actually lead to discriminatory hiring practices as well and then you have to deal with that marketing issue or pr issue as well so i'm not really in favor of this but it looks like it's happening more and more and it's just and i have to admit it it's a lot of times my own generation's fault my generation has been too uh tribalistic in political views that it's actually infecting marketing that's going to be hurting your business i guarantee you you need people with right left center somewhat right somewhat left maybe extreme left maybe extreme right depending on what those ideologies are and those viewpoints but you're gonna need everybody it, it cannot matter what political ideologies they are. You are marketing to people to grow your business. You cannot be like, I cannot associate with them because they don't agree with you. That's not how businesses should run. That's not how marketing should run. That's my opinion about it. Let me know in the comments below what your opinion is. Let's move on to two uh, interesting things you should try out this week. So there's a Chrome extension called anti bait and it's kind of a way to get rid of clickbait and so the reason why i put this on there is not really a marketing or business thing but it's good to know this stuff is happening because you could be doing clicky bait type uh titles and people are tired of that as well so be on the lookout for this and make sure that you aren't doing that or install and figure it out for yourself and it looks like yik yak has made a new app called hive and it's basically a secret app for your campus so there's that too. Um, the reason why I put that on there is because it's a new social networking app and you've got to figure all this stuff out. I don't know if you can get onto it, but at least be aware of it as well so you can eventually market it to it when it actually goes in that direction. So there's that as well. And this is the end of morning marketing. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. As always, I'm your host, Brett Deister, and uh, be sure to subscribe and, and you know give a review of this podcast. I'd love to hear opposing and great uh, reviews as well. I'm never against it. I always want to do as the best I can with this as well. But yes, well, uh, subscribe to iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn as well. And as always, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Anchor Radio, uh, as well as uh, Instagram, uh, Daily Motion, Twitch, YouTube Gaming, all those I'm on there as well. Also, uh, if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon and Podbean. And if you like, if you like this and you want to get some uh, digital coffee uh, T-shirts and coffee mugs, I won't stop you. It's on the Digital Coffee Podcast Store. There's like I said before, teachers, coffee mugs, and hoodies. And join me on Wednesday when I go through 
tech news and digital coffee. All right, guys, have a good rest of your day and see you on Wednesday. Later.